Welcome to episode 149 of the Marvel Studios News Podcast. My name is Sean Gerber, flying solo for an extra episode this week. Paul and I are scheduled to record again on Monday night. As I'm recording this episode now, it's Friday morning. But Paul and I are going to be starting our Expanding the Universe podcast series on Monday with an episode profiling Black Widow, and we will be talking about, or we will be including, the exclusive look that's going to air during the college football playoff national championship game. But there's another story that broke yesterday, Thursday, that was just too big for me to wait on, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to address it now in a bonus episode of the podcast this week. So as you probably already know, Scott Derrickson is no longer directing Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which leaves us in the Multiverse of Sadness as we wonder what went wrong, how did this happen, and I think the best way to try and uncover what went wrong, we'll never know exactly what went wrong, is we've got to break it all down and go through the timeline with this film and Scott Derrickson's involvement in it. But before I get into all of that, let's just go ahead and take the news that we have today or that we had as of yesterday. Scott Derrickson is out of the director's chair. He confirmed that. Marvel confirmed that yesterday. And then per Variety, there is no expected delay to the film. So even though Marvel needs to find a new director, there is, as of right now, no delay expected for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. It is still scheduled to start production in May of this year for a May 7th, 2021 theatrical release. And here is Derrickson's statement, which he posted on Twitter. Quote, Marvel and I have mutually agreed to part ways on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness due to creative differences. I am thankful for our collaboration and will remain on as EP, end quote. EP, of course, meaning executive producer. More on that in a moment. But here is Marvel's statement, which they sent to Variety, and then it went out to the rest of the trade publications. Quote, Marvel Studios and Scott Derrickson have amicably parted ways on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness due to creative differences. We remain grateful to Scott for his contributions to the MCU, end quote. So those pesky creative differences have struck again. They have impacted another film. And I'm going to talk about that during this episode. But let's start with Derrickson's continued role as an executive producer on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I think this is going to be ceremonial at best. It might even be contractual because sometimes when a director signs on to direct the first film in a franchise, like Derrickson did with Doctor Strange, which was released in 2016, sometimes it's in the contract that you still get to be an EP on any sequels that come from that film. I don't know if that's in Derrickson's contract, so I don't know if this is purely contractual or ceremonial or in-name only as far as an EP credit goes. It could just be out of respect for any contributions he may have already made to the movie that are, are actually going to carry forward as Marvel Studios makes this film with a new director. It might be that. I'm really not sure, but one way or another, I don't expect Scott Derrickson to have a significant role on this movie going forward, at least not in terms of creative, because if he was going to be creatively involved in this movie, then he would probably still be directing it. If everybody was on board with the creative direction of this, then they wouldn't be parting ways over creative differences. So I don't think Derrickson is really going to be all that involved in this movie as it goes forward. So Derrickson is out, and this news is really disappointing because I really enjoyed the first Doctor Strange film in 2016, and I was looking forward to seeing what Scott Derrickson would do with a sequel. I was excited about that. I was happy to hear that he was returning to the franchise, and Derrickson and Marvel always seem to have a really good relationship. In fact, Scott Derrickson has said on multiple occasions, if you follow him on social media or in interviews, 
He talked about how on the first Doctor Strange film, that was one of, if not the best collaborative experience of his career. I don't know what happened on the second film where things broke down and now to the point where Derrickson and Marvel Studios are parting ways on this, even if it is amicable, the fact that they are parting ways at all is surprising. I know there were some clues from Scott Derrickson last month and I'm going to get to those, but just going into this project with a successful collaboration on the first film, I wasn't expecting a breakdown on the second film, but here we are now. We can only speculate as to how this happened. We can only take our best guess. But in order to do that, in order for me to present my best guess as to what happened, and it's not going to be all that specific on what the creative breakdown was because we're not going to really ever know that. But I am going to construct a timeline here for Scott Derrickson and his involvement with Marvel Studios and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness specifically to try and figure out where or when things started to break down. And once I've put together that timeline and given my assessment on what happened, I will also talk about Marvel Studios in general, what this means for Marvel Studios, their next steps on this film. Are there any larger problems? Does this point to a larger problem at Marvel Studios? I'll talk about that as well as the next steps that we can expect for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But before I get into any of that, I do have some people to thank. Thank you very much to Ted Curtis09, Jonathan Chung, Aaron Shalaney, Tori Brewer, Brian P. Robbins, Maddie Feck, and Austin Fry. These are some of our patrons over at patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News, where we offer exclusive content that is not available anywhere else, and that includes the Daily Bugle, where Monday through Friday I break down the day's Marvel news, and this week it's been a pretty busy week with the Christian Bale Thor Love and Thunder news on Monday, and then the Scott Derrickson news on Thursday. So if you want quick reactions to those kinds of stories, that's definitely a tier that you should look at on our Patreon. We also have an exclusive Patreon Discord community where every day we've got a great group of fans talking Marvel, including on Thursday as the Scott Derrickson news was breaking, everybody being able to share their thoughts, their reactions to the news. We've got other exclusive content like commentary tracks. We just did one for Avengers Infinity War that posted last month. And if you do sign up for our Patreon and you are getting exclusive audio, you get your own private RSS link that you can put into a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, subscribe via RSS, and get all of our shows, the main show that you're hearing now, as well as the Patreon exclusives. It's all in one place. You don't have to track it down through multiple feeds. And then speaking of our Discord community, we have some really cool events coming up. We are doing watch parties where these are voice chats where we watch along with a movie and then just talk about the movie that we're seeing and any other Marvel stories that may be coming up. But on Tuesday, January 14th at 6 p.m. Pacific time, we have a watch party for Iron Man 2 that I will be hosting on our Discord. And then on Tuesday, January 28th, we will have a watch party, and that's at 6 p.m. Pacific time as well. We will have a watch party for the Avengers that I will host on our Discord. So for more information on all of the tiers and exclusives that we offer, please visit patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News. Now let's go ahead and let's get into our timeline. What happened with Scott Derrickson on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness from the time we found out he was back all the way through we all the way through the time we found out about his departure on Thursday? So we learned that Scott Derrickson was going to be back for a Doctor Strange sequel on December 11th, 2018. Many people had figured that Scott Derrickson would be back because the first Doctor Strange movie was successful. It did well with critics. It made money at the box office. It didn't blow the roof off the box office like other Marvel films, but it was a hit, and so many expected Scott Derrickson to be back, but we didn't actually hear anything or see any reporting that he was back 
until December 11th of 2018. And it was the Hollywood Reporter that broke the news. And in their report, they said that Marvel and Derrickson were looking for a writer. On January 25th, 2019, that hashtag show reported that Scott Derrickson and C. Robert Cargill were going to write the script. And that checked out since both Derrickson and Cargill were writers on the first Doctor Strange film. Fast forward to Saturday, July 20th, 2019, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige was on stage in Hall H at San Diego Comic-Con, and he officially announced Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, giving us the title for the very first time and letting us know that the movie was scheduled for a May 7th, 2021 release. Kevin Feige brought Scott Derrickson out on stage, introduced him as the director of that film, saying, of course, he was back to direct another installment. Derrickson was asked while he was on stage what excited him about returning to the franchise, what he wanted to bring to Doctor Strange in a second film, and Derrickson said he was excited about incorporating some of the gothic, the horror, the horrific elements of the comic books that attracted him to Doctor Strange stories, but he didn't actually say the movie was going to be a horror film. He did describe it, though, as the first scary movie in the MCU. That's going to be important, and we'll be keeping an eye on that as we go along. One more important note from San Diego Comic-Con is that Kevin Feige also confirmed at that time that Wanda Maximoff was going to be appearing in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness following her Disney Plus series, WandaVision. A few months later, on October 17, 2019, Collider reported that Jade Bartlett was going to write the film. Collider was not sure if Bartlett was the sole writer or if she would share credit with Derrickson and or C. Robert Cargill and or John Spates, who were the writers of the very first movie. So it wasn't clear at that time whether Bartlett was doing a pass on a script that was already written by Derrickson and Cargill, or if it was a completely brand new thing. Now, it's also worth noting here that the day something is reported is not necessarily the same day that something happened. So when Collider reports in October that Jade Bartlett is writing the Doctor Strange sequel, it doesn't mean she was hired in October. It could have meant that, but it's also possible that she was already working on the film for several weeks, maybe even several months before the news actually got out that she was writing Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So we don't know exactly when she joined, and we'll have to keep that in mind when we speculate later. The next event in the timeline also happened in October of 2019. I don't know the exact date on this, But Kevin Feige gave a guest lecture at the New York Film Academy, which is actually in Los Angeles, and it was an interview with a QA and a segment, and Feige actually talked about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness with respect to it being a horror film or a scary movie. But I want to point out that this happened in October. As I've seen around the internet of people trying to reconstruct this timeline of what happened in the overall sequence of events... A lot of people are citing this New York Film Academy video or this New York Film Academy guest lecture as having happened in December just because that's when the New York Film Academy posted it on their YouTube channel. They posted the video on December 28th of 2019, but if you watch the video in context, it's pretty clear that this is taking place in October of 2019. And the reason I say that is because Kevin Feige says during the guest lecture that they are about to start production on their first two Disney Plus series. He might have said they were a couple of weeks away. I don't remember the exact phrasing he used, but he said they were about to start production on their first two Disney Plus series, referring obviously to The Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision. So if they hadn't yet started production on The Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision, 
this interview could not have taken place in December. They were already in production on those on both of those series by December. They actually started each of them at the beginning of November. Falcon Winter Soldier actually got started, I think, the last day or two of October, and it was followed closely by WandaVision in early November. So if this guest lecture was happening in November or in December, then Feige's not talking about how they are about to start production on those series. He would be saying they are now in production on those series. So based on that context, this guest lecture and this quote that I'm about to read from Kevin Feige, this happened in October. It did not happen in December of last year. But here is what Kevin Feige said about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness with respect to it being the first scary movie in the MCU. Quote, I wouldn't necessarily say that's a horror film, but it is, as Scott Derrickson, our director, has pitched it, it'll be a big MCU film with scary sequences in it, end quote. Feige then went on to compare it to movies like Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom, Gremlins, adventure films that he liked from the 80s that had the big adventure films in the 80s that he liked that had scary sequences in it, but weren't, strictly speaking, horror films. Those were the comparisons that Feige made. And then he added, quote, it's fun to be scared in that way, and not in a horrific, torturous way, but in a way that is legitimately scary, and Scott Derrickson is quite good at that, but scary in the service of an exhilarating emotion, end quote. And that clarification that Feige gave was really more in line with what I thought Derrickson was referring to when he talked about it, when he talked about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness being the first scary movie in the MCU. I don't really think, and I never really thought that it was going to be a straight-up horror film, and I don't know if that was ever really the intention from Marvel Studios or Derrickson, but according to Feige here in this quote, what they were doing was in line with Derrickson's pitch of a big MCU film with scary sequences in it. So they obviously weren't that far apart when they agreed to make this movie together in the first place. Otherwise, they never would have agreed to make this movie together in the first place. But at some point, there was some division. At some point, they realized that they didn't want to make the same movie. But at least as far as the initial concept of what this movie was going to be, there had to have been some agreement, and that seems to be what Feige is referring to here. Moving forward to November 7th of 2019, Bloomberg, in an article where they interviewed multiple executives from Disney with respect to Disney+, Plus, they also interviewed Kevin Feige, and Bloomberg on November 7th last year published a quote from Feige that confirmed Loki was also going to factor into the Loki Disney Plus series was also going to tie into Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And then on December 15th, 2019, that's when we started seeing real signs of trouble via Scott Derrickson's Twitter feed. So on December 15th last year, he tweeted, Studio release dates are the enemy of art. The next day, December 16th, 2019, he tweeted a David Lean quote saying, you can make a bad film from a good script, but you can't make a good film from a bad script. And then two days after that, on December 18th, 2019, Derrickson tweeted, Most major life choices come with major regrets. It's unavoidable, but the worst choice is not choosing at all. Hell is sitting down at the crossroads. And lastly, to complete our timeline, on Thursday, January 9th, 2020, that's when Derrickson and Marvel each released their statements saying that they were parting ways on this project. And so going back to those tweets in December, it's funny because I was asked about them at the time. I was asked about them during one of the Q&A shows that we do on the Patreon. And at the time, I said I wasn't too concerned because I looked at those tweets and I thought, they could be about Marvel and they could be about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but I didn't want to assume that they absolutely were 
for a couple of reasons. First is that I've followed Scott Derrickson on Twitter for many years, and I look at the things that he tweets, and he does send out general vague tweets or things about he does send out philosophical tweets about filmmaking about life and he's not always referring to or not always overtly referring to a specific situation and that leads me to the second reason I didn't want to just go ahead and immediately assume that these were referring to his current job or now former job is because it's a pretty bold move to subtweet your current employer because that's what he's doing when he's talking about release dates being the enemy of art, sharing a quote about how you can't make a good movie from a bad script, and then, of course, being uh, hell is sitting at the crossroads. I didn't think he would be doing that on his social media, but, of course, he was now. That, that much is undeniable. That much is clear at this point. I guess I just thought at the time, or another reason why... I wasn't so alarmed is because he left those tweets right there on his timeline. Scott Derrickson, like many, he also tweets and deletes. And so if he had deleted those posts, then I would have been more concerned because that would have indicated that the emotion got the better of him in the moment. And then he realized that this maybe wasn't the best thing to tweet out and share publicly. So I'll go ahead and I'll delete it. And if the emotion was getting the better the, the better of him in the moment, then that means it wasn't just some calm general thing that he was tweeting out. It would mean it was an emotional response to a specific situation. But anyway, my dime store psychology wasn't even worth that dime. So I was wrong. Scott Derrickson was definitely referring to Marvel and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness in those tweets. So we did have a clue that this was coming. Now that we've gone through the timeline, let's go ahead and let's wonder, let's speculate a little bit on how this happened. What went wrong? Both sides have cited creative differences, but what exactly does that mean? What were those creative differences? Now, they're never going to tell us, or at least I don't think so. I mean, maybe one day Scott Derrickson will do an interview on a podcast somewhere or something, and he'll actually share what the creative breakdown was, but we usually don't get to find out where things broke down when studios and directors part ways over creative differences. It usually ends right there. But there are a few things that we can look at. First, let's go back to that tweet that Derrickson sent out on December 15th, how studio release dates are the enemy of art. And that certainly points to, from Derrickson's perspective, feeling like there wasn't going to be enough time to get the movie made in the way that he wanted to make it. Let's keep in mind, though, that Derrickson, in all likelihood, would have known what the intended release date was for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness when he signed on to make the movie. And we don't know exactly when he signed on. We know it was reported that he was back in December of 2018. But as I said, just because something was reported in December of 2018 doesn't necessarily mean that's when it happened. It could have happened we, it could have happened right around that time, or it could have happened week, uh, weeks or potentially months before. But regardless of when Derrickson actually signed, I do believe he would have known and would have been told what the intended release date was. So when he signed on for this, he knew how much time he had. The release date couldn't have been a problem initially, but I think the release date probably became a problem because there were two opposing views, or more, but at least two opposing views on what the movie was supposed to be. One view held by Scott Derrickson, another one held by Marvel Studios, and that probably includes on that side Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige, because if Feige was in agreement with Scott Derrickson on what this movie was supposed to be, that's probably the end of it. Derrickson would be making whatever film he wanted to make, but clearly there was a disagreement on what the movie was supposed to be, and Derrickson probably wanted more time to keep reworking it so that it could appease whatever Marvel Studios was wanting while at the same time 
be more in line with how Derrickson envisioned the film. So that's probably why he wanted more time to actually make it. Or maybe when Derrickson saw the latest draft of Jade Bartlett's script, whether that was a brand new script that she had done all on her own, or it was a script, it was a pass on the script that uh, Derrickson and maybe C. Robert Cargill had originally written for the film. Whenever Derrickson saw the latest version of it, he wasn't happy with it and he wanted more time to keep working on the script perhaps to get it back to whatever he originally envisioned or whatever his his vision for the film had been evolving into. But I don't think the timeline was initially a problem, but it becomes a problem when you can't agree creatively on what you're going to do on the film and you want more time, from Scott Derrickson's perspective, to get it to something that you're comfortable with that also addresses whatever concerns the studio may have. So I don't doubt that Marvel and Derrickson are being honest when they say that the reason they're parting ways is because of creative differences. That's what's happened here. But it just begs the question of what were those creative differences? And we're probably never going to get a definitive answer, but we can speculate. We can take a few guesses as as far as where things may have broken down. But one narrative that I've seen flying around since the story broke yesterday that I just don't buy into is the idea that this creative breakdown has to be has to have been something where Scott Derrickson's Doctor Strange movie was or his idea his vision for it was too scary for Disney. I just don't buy into that because I think a lot of that is based on this idea that Disney has been sanitizing Marvel ever since they bought Marvel in 2009 and ever since they started distributing Marvel Studios movies with the Avengers in 2012 that was the first one and I just don't agree with that and I don't really think the content of the films supports that theory. For example, and this doesn't have to do with things being too scary, but it does have to do with things being family-friendly, or as I like to say with Marvel movies, family-accessible. If you look at the first Iron Man film in 2008, which was distributed by Paramount, we see Tony Stark having a one-night stand. If you fast-forward to 2014 with Guardians of the Galaxy we see the aftermath of Peter Quill and Barit having a one-night stand. Now, we don't quite see as much as we do in Iron Man, but we really only see enough to know that it happened in Iron Man in 2008, and we see more than enough to know what, what's happened between Peter Quill and Barit in Guardians of the Galaxy in 2014. And then later on in that same film, which was distributed by Disney, Peter Quill makes arguably the raunchiest joke in the history of the MCU where he says that if you put his ship, the Milano, under a blacklight, it would look like a Jackson Pollock painting, and it's not really that hard to figure out the implication of that joke. So I really don't think Disney has been sanitizing Marvel in any significant way. I think Marvel was already handling their own brand and their own movies as far as how accessible they were to families, to kids, how appropriate they were for families and kids. I think Marvel was already handling those things effectively on their own. I don't think Disney has put additional requirements on them. And I think that also extends to whether or not things are too scary. Kevin Feige obviously has his own ideas based on what he shared at that New York Film Academy guest lecture of what a scary MCU movie should be, what he would want it to be, which is not, strictly speaking, a horror film, but a big MCU movie that has scary sequences in it, similar to a lot of the films that Kevin Feige grew up with. And Derrickson must have been on board with that concept, because if he wasn't, then there never would have been an agreement between Derrickson and Marvel Studios for them to come together and make another Doctor Strange movie in the first place. There would have been a different director for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So initially, everybody must have been on the same page. 
So I think the too scary for Disney narrative is just an oversimplification. I don't really think it works. I think it was something, I think the creative differences were more specific and more complex than that. And there are other points to consider besides how scary the movie is. And the things that might have actually been bigger problems for Scott Derrickson is, is if we're getting into specific plot points, we know that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, or at least we assume, but we have reason to assume, that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is going to be a big movie for the overall structure of the MCU. And this early going of Phase 4, although it's not that early, but Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, it's going to be the fourth film in Phase 4, but it might be the first one that really opens the door to the bigger picture of this new post-Infinity Saga era of the MCU. It's exploring the multiverse. It's tying into two different Disney Plus series with WandaVision and Loki. And maybe the specific breakdown here might have something to do with these different tie-ins. It might have something to do with Wanda Maximoff's role in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Or if there's a role for Loki or some other character from the Loki Disney Plus series. The influence, the overall influence that other MCU projects may have on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, that could have potentially been a turnoff to Scott Derrickson. Or maybe if we're going to feed into the scary narrative just a bit, it's not so much about too scary. Maybe it's just about the mix of scary versus of scary sequences versus MCU adventure sequences. How much of the film is devoted to scary things happening versus how much is devoted to just crazy, wild, zany multiverse things happening. It could just be a series of specific plot points or sequences where there was just one disagreement after another, and it's not so much a vague, too scary versus not scary enough thing, but it could just be plot disagreements that maybe Scott Derrickson feels like a certain moment in the film is the wrong thing for Stephen Strange or Wanda Maximoff or somebody else, but Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios feel like it's the right thing to do for the character at that time. So there are all kinds of different points where Scott Derrickson and Kevin Feige slash Marvel Studios could disagree, and if you add up enough of those disagreements, then eventually you reach a point where you have to come to the realization of, we don't want to make the same movie. We thought we did because... As far as a bigger concept, as far as the bigger concept is concerned, we both wanted to make the same thing. But as we have fleshed out that concept, we realize, oh, we don't actually want to make the same thing after all. And we'll probably just never know what those specific points of contention actually were. The one thing I would say about this, however, is that even though we don't know where the specific breakdown occurred... I don't want to assume it's it's quite common in these conversations on social media and wherever else to just assume that the director was right and the studio is wrong and the studio is evil and they're just out to make money and they don't really care about the art they don't care about the art of it all. And that's another idea that I just don't subscribe to. Directors are not infallible, directors are not perfect. They are capable of having bad ideas and I'm not saying that Scott Derrickson is wrong and Feige is right or anything like that. I don't know who's right and I don't know who's wrong. I don't know who I would be more inclined to agree with because I don't know their specific points of view on this film. I don't know what they're disagreeing about. I just don't assume that Derrickson is that Derrickson is in the right and I would totally agree with him and I would disagree with Feige in the studio. 
I love what Scott Derrickson did with Doctor Strange in the first film, so I think he has a really good handle on that character. At the same time, Marvel Studios showed that even with other screenwriters, other filmmakers, they had a good handle on the character with Doctor Strange's appearance in Thor Ragnarok, directed by Taika Waititi, and then, of course, Doctor Strange showing up in Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, directed by the Russo brothers and written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. Scott Derrickson is a really smart, really talented filmmaker. Kevin Feige is a really smart, really talented filmmaker, and he is surrounded by a team of really smart, really talented filmmakers. I really like everyone on both sides of this. I'm a fan of Scott Derrickson. I'm a fan of Kevin Feige, Victoria Alonso, Ludi Esposito, and the Marvel Studios team. So I'm not going to take a side here, nor do I feel like I need to take a side. And I also just don't feel like I even can take a side. If we don't know what the specific disagreements were, it's really impossible to say who was right and who was wrong. I cannot say that I definitely would have agreed with Scott Derrickson and Marvel Studios should have just run with his idea. Nor can I say that Marvel Studios was definitely right and Derrickson should have just taken their notes. I don't know who's right or who's wrong in this. I like everyone involved, so I'm just not going to pick sides. The next thing I want to address, though, is whether or not this is a symptom of a bigger problem or trend at Marvel Studios, and my answer to that is no. I get that people often try to criticize Marvel Studios for prioritizing their overall universe as opposed to the needs of the individual films or the the vision of the individual filmmakers, and over time, I just don't think that's been shown to be true. I I really don't think that's been the case. And there are so many filmmakers, including Scott Derrickson, who have praised Marvel Studios as collaborative partners. And these movies would not be as good as they are. It would not be reviewed so positively, so consistently as they have been over the past decade plus now. That doesn't happen if Marvel Studios is prioritizing the larger universe over the individual films. So I don't think that's at play here. And if we're looking at relationships with filmmakers... Scott Derrickson is just the third director signed on to a Marvel film to leave and not actually make it. Patty Jenkins was the first with Thor The Dark World, followed by Edgar Wright with Ant-Man, and we haven't had one since until now with Scott Derrickson. And Scott Derrickson is actually the first director to sign on to make a Marvel movie and then not actually make the film since Marvel Studios split from the rest of Marvel Entertainment, Marvel New York, in 2015. So ever since Kevin Feige was reporting directly to Alan Horn at Walt Disney Studios instead of Ike Perlmutter and the Marvel Creative Committee and all of that. Ever since then, this is the first time we've had a director sign on to make a Marvel movie and then not actually make it. But going back to that overall number of three directors, that might sound like a lot, but let's keep in mind that Marvel Studios has been developing and making movies for 14 years now. They started in 2006. I know that Iron Man came out in 2008, but remember Jon Favreau was already on board to make that movie in 2006. So in those past 14 years, Marvel Studios has put out 23 movies. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is going to be Marvel's 27th film when it's released on May 7th, 2021, and there are no signs of director departures of the on the next three movies. Black Widow is in post-production with Kate Shortland, Eternals is in production with Chloe Zhao, and Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings and the Legend of the Ten Rings is about to start production with Destin Daniel Cretton. So by the time Multiverse of Madness comes out, you will have only three director departures while Marvel has put out 27 films. That's a pretty good ratio. These things do happen, but at least at Marvel Studios, 
they are rare. That ratio of directors released to films released is much better at Marvel Studios than it is at other studios making genre films and even other divisions within Disney that make genre films. There is no pattern here of Marvel Studios having creative differences with filmmakers that are so severe that they have to end the relationship and not actually make a movie together. These instances are rare, and it's just an unfortunate thing that happens from time to time, but at least with Marvel Studios, as I said, there's no pattern here. Okay, so let's finish up by getting back specifically to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Where does Marvel Studios go from here with this movie, and should we be worried about it? I can't really answer the question for you as to whether or not you should be worried. You know how you feel about the movie. I'm not that worried. I am very sad to see Scott Derrickson go because I'm a fan of Scott Derrickson. I'm a fan of what he did on the first Doctor Strange film. So this news is obviously disappointing for me. At the same time, though, I am still confident in this film. Marvel has been here before with even less time to react. When Edgar Wright left Ant-Man in 2014, or at least when we found out about it, It was only a couple of months. I I don't even think it was a full two months before they were supposed to actually start production. I think they were going to start. I think we found out in May of 2014, late May 2014, and they were going to start production in July of 2014. And there was a slight delay, but they, they ended up getting going. They found Peyton Reed, of course, and they got it going. They started production in August, and they made their release date in July of 2015. And that worked out. They found Peyton Reed, and he did a great job with that Ant-Man film. I absolutely love and adore that movie to this day. So Marvel was able to deal with these circumstances and weather a storm like this. They have done it before. Every situation is, of course, unique, but I think there were some pretty significant challenges for Ant-Man that they're not necessarily dealing with with Doctor Strange. Again, the time constraint is not the same. Because we are four months away from production starting in May. So that's more time than they had with Ant-Man. But also, just because we found out about it officially yesterday, let's go back to those tweets from Scott Derrickson in December. It sounds like the decision was already made in December. And it was just a matter of both sides waiting until they felt like it was the right time to go public with the news. So Marvel Studios has had about a month longer at least to deal with this than we would initially assume. I don't think Marvel Studios has spent the past few weeks just sitting on their hands saying, well, Scott Derrickson's leaving. We're parting ways with him on this film. Uh, I guess we'll just get started again in January. I don't think that's what they've been doing. They could have already been taking meetings with new potential directors. Even though the news hasn't gone public, you can still take meetings with directors and you can tell them and have them sign an NDA if necessary to let them know that, Scott Derrickson is out. We haven't shared this information publicly, but he is out. We're looking for a new filmmaker. Are you interested? What ideas would you have for this movie? What's your vision for this Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness movie? They could have already been taking those meetings, or if they haven't taken those meetings yet, then they could have spent the past few weeks putting together their short list of directors that they want to meet with and getting prepared for those meetings so that they can start knocking them out just as soon as possible. So Marvel has already been working on this, so they've already had more time to deal with this problem than they did with Ant-Man several years ago. And then beyond just the timetable, the other challenge with Ant-Man is that that movie had to define who Ant-Man was, what the concept of Ant-Man was, and who those characters were, particularly Scott Lang and, and Hope Van Dyne as well. Who are these people in the MCU? That first movie had to define that. 
we already have a sense of who Stephen Strange is in the MCU because he's already appeared in multiple films. So it's not like you have to define the entire concept of what Doctor Strange is and who Do- what his world is, what his mythology is, and who Stephen Strange is. You're not defining all of that in this movie. You are expanding upon it. And I really think that makes a difference, and I think it makes a difference in favor of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness to maybe not quite be as challenging as what as having to replace the director on Ant-Man compared to having to do that on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So I think Marvel Studios is going to be able to handle this. I think they I think the film is going to recover from this. I think they are going to find another great filmmaker who can come in and make a good movie, make a great Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness movie. Yes, I'm sad to see Scott Derrickson go, but I'm still confident that Marvel Studios is going to deliver something that lives up to the quality standards that they have set and that we, of course, expect from them as an audience. Now, as far as how things are, where things go from here, what are the next steps? Well, the next step, of course, is finding a director. And as I said, maybe meetings have already taken place or maybe they're going to take place or maybe some meetings already happened and there are additional meetings that are happening. What Marvel Studios has been doing or is going to do is they're going to put together their short list of of filmmakers. They're going to take meetings with those filmmakers. Who are those filmmakers? Your guess is as good as mine. I'm not really going to speculate on any director names that Marvel Studios might turn to. But one thing they might do that they've done in the past is remember Peyton Reed directing Ant-Man. Well, they pulled his name off of a short list that they previously had. I mean, Kevin Feige already knew Peyton Reed, but Marvel Studios had also recently met with him uh, as recently as Guardians of the Galaxy. He was on the short list of directors for that film before James Gunn got the job. So when Marvel suddenly needed a director for Ant-Man, they turned to Peyton Reed and he was up for it. Maybe there's a director who just missed a recent Marvel Studios directing job. Maybe it's somebody who was on the short list for... Black Widow and just lost out to Kate Shortland or Eternals and just missed because Chloe Zhao had a pitch that Marvel Studios liked just a little bit better. Or maybe somebody who Destin Daniel Cretton beat out for the Shang-Chi job. There's probably some, There are probably multiple names on various shortlists for various Marvel Studios projects that Marvel will probably reach out to and see what they would want to do and, and see if they would be interested in this Doctor Strange job. And of course, Marvel Studios could reach out to different directors who maybe weren't on a recent shortlist, but just other directors that Marvel Studios has had an eye on and that they think might be a good fit for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But somebody is going to want an opportunity to work on this movie. Sure, a lot of directors would probably not love the idea that so much work has already been done on this movie, that there's already a vision, such a clear vision of what Marvel Studios has for this film, because there's not going to be as much flexibility on this, because obviously a lot of work has been done. A lot of work will probably continue to be done while they search for another director. So there's, to a certain extent, that may not be as appealing to every director that's out there. But what you want to do if you're Marvel Studios is you're first only going to take meetings with people who you feel are capable. They're on your list, they're on your radar for a reason because they've made something that shows to you that they are really great storytellers, that they're really great filmmakers. So you're going to take meetings with those individuals. And if you take enough of those meetings, and I don't think it would take that many, you are going to find someone. In fact, you're probably going to find more than one option of a director who you think is really good but is also really, really excited about making the movie that you already want to make And then maybe they just have some of their own ideas that still fit within what you want to do with this film and what you you want it to accomplish. 
So you take your meetings, you hear what these other potential directors have in mind, and then you choose the best one. You choose the one who you feel is the most capable and who also has a, a vision that is in alignment with what Marvel Studios wants from Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And as far as timetables go, I don't think it's going to be that long. When we found out about Edgar Wright, I think it took a few weeks, maybe a month, for us to hear that Peyton Reed had the job, and I don't think it's going to take very long at all uh, for a new director to pop up for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness either. I think it's just a matter of weeks or a month or so at the most before we find out who actually is going to fill the director's chair on this movie. And I'm just looking forward to finding out who that's going to be, but I am confident that even on short notice, Marvel Studios is going to be able to find the right director for this film. They did it with Peyton Reed on Ant-Man, and I am completely confident that they will be able to do it again on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. But that is where I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of the podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. Be sure to keep up with us in all the places that you can. MarvelStudiosNews.com, Facebook, and Instagram at Marvel Studios News. You definitely want to check out the Instagram. That's a lot more active than it used to be. And on Twitter at Marvel Newscast. And if you want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, you can do that at Mr. Sean Gerber. Sean spelled S-E-A-N. So for Marvel Studios News, I'm Sean. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>